You just tuned into the hippest way to start and grow your indie author career. Learn the ins, the outs, and all the all-arounds of self-publishing with the team from D2D and their industry-influencing guests. You're listening to Self-Publishing Insiders with draft digital Well, hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another D2D Spotlight. Uh, if you're listening in on the podcast, uh, welcome, uh, and uh, if you're on YouTube and Facebook, welcome to you as well. And today we're talking to a our special guest. He actually stepped in at the last minute, so I really appreciate that, man. We're talking to USA Today best-selling author Ernest Dempsey, and we're going to be talking about uh, his, the ins and outs of his career, everything he's managed to accomplish, how he's doing what he's doing. Uh, but welcome to the show, man. I appreciate you being on. Thank you for having me. It sounds so... Uh, official and cool when you when you intro intro me like that it's because i used the radio voice you did <laughs> and all that usa so, today stuff it sounds so professional well uh, we like to pretend that we are professional around here man so you are uh now here's the deal you and i we've uh, hung out quite a bit at uh conferences nink especially um, mm-hmm. And we discovered a, a few years back that you and I both write in the same genre. Uh, yeah. And then we went and coined the name of that genre as archaeological thrillers, even though uh, apparently that term had already been around. But I still think you and I invented it. I don't I don't believe that it existed before we had that conversation in the uh, in the lobby of that hotel. I had never seen it before. So unless I unless I extracted it from the universal consciousness or you extracted it. I don't think that it really existed. I'm pretty convinced. I think we we claim it. I think there's. I I, I do anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's what I tell people. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, no, me and Kevin came up with it. And then these guys like Steve Barry and uh, Dan Brown and James Rollins came along. (laughs) So uh, why don't you tell people like what, uh, what is an archaeological thriller then, in your words? Uh, it's it's a more specific form of action adventure, right? So like Indiana Jones type stories, national treasure type stories, those kinds of things. The Dan Brown stories, you know. Uh, yeah. But basically, you have characters that uh, dis- they are they either discover something ancient, like an artifact or a relic that has a clue embedded in it and or or another character discovers it and it leads to this great mystery and this chase uh usually against some someone else a villain who's after the same thing so is that was that elevator enough for it like an elevator pitch (laughs) before like an elevator pitch yeah and uh, to anyone listening i apologize if things are coming through a little glitchy i think um it may be on my side. I'm not sure. So hopefully uh, you're you're getting all the wisdom that Ernie's throwing out there. But uh, so um, we, uh, you and I, talk quite a bit. Um, one of the mm-hmm. things that you did that we that I really find interesting is uh, you did a Kickstarter to launch a uh, an audio book. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And successfully launched it. So how mm-hmm. did that work? Last summer, I didn't expect you to ask me about that. That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> So with the Kickstarter, the fans that participated really enjoyed it, and um, and it's inter- it's been interesting because I've I've had to I've, I've had to reach out several times to 
some of the people who backed it to get their information to send them their rewards because they're they haven't they haven't sent me their addresses or whatever to send uh, their prizes or their rewards. So uh, it 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 worked pretty well. Uh, I think it could have done a little better, but the secret to it is, uh, if, if you want to know, the secret is to have um, several tiers, but not too many tiers. You want you don't want it. You want to be somewhere in the middle. So I've seen people with you know like. 20 or 30 different tiers where people can back and and it's the old um it's the old story of the the pie baker right that when they when they baked five kinds of pies they sold out every day so they thought i should bake 20 kinds of pies and then they didn't sell any because people couldn't make a decision so you streamline that decision process for them and um so that's what i did i i don't remember i might have had like 10 tiers and several of them were the uh just there were tiers that were just similar to the one before but with one addition to it and most yeah. of them were like under 50 bucks and then there's and then you should do one big one right like one or two big like extravagant ones like have dinner with the author at his favorite steak joint or whatever for a thousand dollars or something right. crazy like that um i didn't do that i i did uh i gave three slots at 500 bucks a piece and you get all the benefits from the first one so you get like the digital copy of the book you get uh autograph paperback you get the audio um you get an archaeology bag that i that i got designed and um and produced manufactured and all that and then on top of all that you get your name in a future sean wyatt book and oh, cool. And included in the series going forward because I intend to use characters over and over again. My glasses are all crooked and I don't know why I'm just going to take them off. So uh, <laughs> the other ones were fine and I went downstairs and I guess I left them down there. I don't know why I did that. So, um, yeah, it's uh, the, the I actually got two backers at that five hundred dollar level with mm-hmm. people who wanted their names in books. And so. Um, the second one makes her debut here at the end of the month in the, the next Sean Wyatt story. So excellent. His glasses are dropping. How many of those thoughts? Sorry, man. No, it's fine. They don't they look were... crooked to me. Well, I guess they look a little my, crooked. My face is crooked. That's the problem. That's what um, it is. But the other ones were fine. Uh, so the slots were 500 bucks and okay. I, I sold two or th- I might've sold all three of those. I can't remember. I think I only sold two. So, my goal was like 2000 and uh, I, I ended up hitting that goal. You want to make sure that you set a goal that you think you can hit. Cause if you set it for like 10 or 20 grand and you yeah. and it's all or nothing. So if you don't hit it, then you don't get any of that. So then you right. have to start the whole campaign over again. And so, Hey buddy, I'm, I'm doing, sorry. My, my daughter just walked in. That's 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 called life. I know, buddy. I'm doing my interview right now. Okay, I love you too. I'll I'll be I'll be down in a little bit. Okay. See, we just got a, a, a behind the scenes look at uh, thirty minutes, like I told you. Ernie Dempsey, father. Okay. All right. Yeah, this isn't my show. This is somebody else's show. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's no problem, man. You're doing me a solid just by coming on the show uh, at the last minute. So. There may Whatever be like happens, two more, happens. 
two more visits like that might happen. So just full disclosure. I do understand. <laughs> Which so, is, it's fine uh, when it's my cool. show. It's like, oh yeah, and everybody. But when it's somebody, oh yeah, that's, so, that's, that's in, it's, Let's talk a little about your show though, because you've there. got you're doing something. <laughs> you and I have talked about this as well, because um, we both do. Uh, we both have our own little like uh, video programs that we run uh, live, uh, yeah. and they're meant for the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got a strategy behind that? No, absolutely none. No. There's no strategy. No strategy whatsoever. Uh, the two, the two <laughs> no. that I do are, are co- coffee at the Dempsey's. I've changed that to Sunday mornings because I need I need Saturday mornings off. I need to sleep in, and uh, yeah, and then so I do that at eight a.m. Eastern on Sunday for my readers over in Europe, primarily in the East Coast here, because um, the five thirty drinks with Dempsey on Friday uh, are are in the afternoon and so it's good for the west coasters or the people here in the states but the people in europe it's getting pretty late so that's the only strategy behind it really i just occasionally i have a guest and sometimes it's just me uh chatting with the fans but the the whole idea behind it was um and i ramble like i just ramble and ramble um it's the whole idea is that um I wanted to stay in touch with my fans and do a better job of, of being in contact with them because I know a lot of emails slip through the cracks and I, I try to do to get to my emails as much as I can. Cause I believe in, you know, the way Mr. Rogers did things, right. He answered every letter from a child personally. And, um, and he spent time every day doing that. And that, that's, that takes a lot of time, but yeah, but if people take the time to reach out to you, then you should reach out to them too. You should respond if you can. But I can't always, I can't always work that into my day. And I know some emails slip through the cracks. So doing Facebook live shows, just being there for, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not even usually more than like 20 readers or sometimes 30 readers um, that, that hop on, but it's, um, it's important. Like it's important to stay in contact with them because there without them we don't get to do what we do you know we had a little drop out there sorry i saw you disappear but i just kept talking (laughs) no that's the way i'm glad uh and if i drop out just keep talking i'm gonna come back eventually uh so (laughs) one thing i know how to do it's just keep going talking and talking yeah (laughs) <laughs> we got uh, we're, the adventure just continues because uh, we're in this. Uh, my wife and I just moved in. For those who don't know, we just moved into this uh, camper RV full time uh, to travel, and internet is still something we're working to solve. Mm-hmm. So I love. That. <laughs> thanks for your patience. Is that a gnome behind your shoulder there? That is that is a gnome. You spotted Romy, the the traveling gnome. <laughs> Excellent. He's my little Easter egg. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. So you do a lot of stuff that's that's aimed at the fans, uh, aimed mm-hmm. at the readers, which I think is important. Mm-hmm. A lot of authors kind of forget this sort of thing. This is, and it's mm-hmm. part of. You say you have no strategy, mm-hmm. but it is part of your marketing strategy to engage this audience, right? Yeah, I mean, like like I said, when you when you dropped off the call, I can only assume because you hate me. Uh, it's it's. It is a, it is a marketing strategy, but sometimes the word marketing is it's a it can sound like a dirty word. It's not, but it can to some people. But yeah. it, it is it is a, I guess a subtle marketing strategy in that um, 
you're you're trying to maintain contact with fans and build build up that relationship because the best marketing is relationships right like right. that's just the best form of marketing the old school ways of a handshake and a clap on the back and doing you know meeting for dinner and or meeting for lunch or meeting for drinks or whatever that's the that's the best way to do business and uh, yeah. in this digital age we've kind of lost that a little bit and I think that there's a there's you know a million youtubers that are out there doing things that but are how engaged are they really with their fans right like they're they're putting out lots of content and that's good and and writers do that too they put out lots of content but I, I feel like um, it's it's important to give in as many ways as you possibly can and uh, yeah. oftentimes writers fall into the trap of believing you know a lot most of us have a reader magnet at this point most of us have a free something that you sign up on our newsletter to get right, right. And, and I'm gonna be writing a new one of those pretty soon but uh, and that's great that is a good thing to give people and it's it's valuable and that you're giving value but at the end of the day a lot of people are still focused on the getting part which is getting that email so they can extract money from from a reader and while you do have to pay the bills, you know, you, you want to be able to do this for a living and make money doing it. And, and so there, there is that extraction point. It's, you know, somewhere down the line, I think too many yeah. people focus on that. You know, I get, I get a lot of questions from, and, and a lot of text messages and emails from reader or uh, other writers who, who are all the time stressed out about their sales. I know that I used to be at one point about, you know, when sales drop their, you know, whatever. And, and it's still not good to see it happen. But if you're not focusing on that, that's where the that's where the real success comes from. If, if we're focusing on the yeah. on the readers and the fans themselves, then the other stuff will take care of itself. If you're good at what you do and you work really hard at it and you're unselfish with your time and you and you give it multiple giving points, right? You, you give to charities yeah. with some of your royalties. You give your time to help other authors understand how to do the business. Um, that's another thing I do there. It's, it's really strange. It's like the almighty brings a new would be author into my path about once every six to eight weeks with questions on how to write and publish books. Right? I don't even go looking for it. So I give time that way. Right. And then, and then you need to give time to your readers either in the form of answering emails for an hour or so a day, or 30 to 45 minutes of, you know, Facebook live or whatever. And it's, it's important. Yeah. And, and that's truly the plat. That's a platform right there. Like a newsletter is not a platform. A social media following is not a platform. The platform is connections and relationships. And I don't, I don't know if enough people really focus on that. And so, um, and yeah. you need to, and you need to have as many of those things built into your platform as possible, as many ways to give as possible. So that's why I'm working on this new YouTube thing too that I was mentioning before, yeah. which is still top secret. Don't try to extract that from me today. <laughs> secret. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so you, um, how many series do you have right now? I don't know. Um, Pretty multiple. Yeah. So let's see. The Sean Wyatt series, book 19, comes out at the end of the month. The Adriana Via series, which was just sort of, there's like three books really. And then there was the Shadow Cell series, which was three books. And that'll be expanded later. 
featuring June Holiday, Tommy Schultz's wife. And then um, the, the Paranormal Archaeology Division series just kicked off in February. The Adventure Guild Kids series, which is archaeological thrillers for younger readers. So that's more along the lines of like the Goonies and Scooby-Doo. And, uh, and you're co-authoring that one. Yes, with my cousin. Right. He's, uh, he's going to be a senior this coming year in high school. But we started when he was in eighth grade working on that series. So, and, yeah, uh, that's that, I've always thought that was really interesting. <laughs> being a, a co-author is tough enough, but being a co-author with a brand new author who is also so young, I mean, that's got to be pretty challenging. Yes. Yeah, so the initial challenge was he had he had some ideas for stories of his own and um for somebody who's never written fiction before and not taken high school english before there are a lot of yeah. things that you don't understand about putting pieces together in the puzzle of a story and so that was a learning curve for him but how it works is the first four books we outlined them together um, we, we brainstormed them together, outlined them together. We put together all the different characters. We discussed all the places that the, the story would go and all that stuff. And then, um, so I could see, I could show him the front end of how to construct it. Then I write the rough yeah. draft and then he goes through and does the second draft. And it's, it's, um, he makes a few changes but essentially what I really want him to pay attention to is how it's done and how it's written and really yeah. keep him reading because nothing teaches you how to write a great story, like, like reading a good story. So, um, right. so it's that that's helped him. And so actually now on adventure guild five, he's working on the outline by himself. I don't even know. All we did was we discussed the topic and, you know, some locations, which we brainstormed months ago and he's working on the outline by himself. So the, the next pro the next step in the process will be, you know, I write the draft, but going forward, I told him what I want to happen next is it doesn't have to be an archeological thriller. It could be a fantasy story, a sci-fi story, whatever. Cause I like, I like writing all those. In fact, I've got, I've got the beginning of a fantasy story I wrote on October 19 1995 right here and when i was in college and so i've always wanted to do one of those i said if you want to do one of those we can but i want you to spearhead this and start really you know busting out your drafting chops so it's been a learning process for yeah. both of us but it's been good but that's you know that's another one of the series yeah. on the whole sphere of the sean wyatt stuff and then the beta force uh, he disappeared again i'm just gonna keep talking the beta force series was uh was intended to be a comedy series featuring a couple of spies that are both kind of bumbling idiots and just sort of luck their way into uh success and it it they did those two books didn't really do super great i might write a third one i don't know yet i have a few people that really like those stories but for right now, yeah. I think we're going to focus on all the other stuff and expanding those universes like PAD and Adventure Guild and Shadow Cell. And now the Dak Harper series, the Relic Runner series, is is the one that I'm posting daily chapters every weekday for free in, uh, in a serial style. 
and uh, I'm wrapping up book five of that. Book six will be the last one of this preliminary prequel series, and then I'm going to start writing full-length novels for that this summer to release in the fall. So I don't know. How many is that? Six or seven series? I have no idea. That's a lot. I wish I could write it. If I could write, if I could write as fast as you, I'd have them all like fully stocked with twenty books in each series. <laughs> I mean, you're way ahead of me, so I don't know, know where, I don't you know where you're like, getting your data. You write like four thousand words an hour. You said, "I can't do that." Uh, Even when I'm, you could totally, totally do that. Uh, I wrote twenty five hundred so far today in four hours. Yeah, you can do it. But you, can do it. you to be yeah, fair, the thing is though. Go ahead. Be fair. Well, be fair. Be I, fair. I, I wasn't sitting focused writing for four hours. I had to do like answer some emails and do some other stuff. And so, but I still, I yeah. can only do the max I can do is 2000 an hour. And that's if I'm hopped up on as much caffeine as possible. <laughs> and that's the key is, uh, is the caffeine intake. Um, yeah, but you, so, I don't know how you do it though, man. How do you balance so many different series? Like what? And a five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, and a five-year-old. Like, what's your what's what's sort of just your process for keep, getting everything done? What do you mean? It's just they're just stories. I mean, do you mean like organizing it all, like keeping everything? Well, keep- yeah. Like, uh, how are you handling your your writing time and balancing your schedule and? You know, you've got six different series at a minimum, so mm-hmm. that's a lot to keep track of, I'd think. Are you a pantser or are you, a, are you a, an outliner planner? I, I outline, I typically outline in thirds. So I, and it's funny, I heard that James Rollins does the same thing. And when he was interviewing with um, our friends, James Blatch and John Dyer last summer at Thriller Fest, he, yeah. he said he does something similar. I was like, yes, finally, somebody else that. Uh, Validation. Something. Yeah. Uh, no, you know what? It's every, every you got to do with what you're comfortable. You got to do what you're comfortable mm-hmm. with. But I, I typically do in thirds, or I will, I may go through and do, I don't know, like twenty chapters and just write a, one line like this happens here, this happens here, this happens here, just one sentence, not even a full sentence, right? Um. But typically, I don't expand those one-line chapter notations um, very yeah. much. I only expand them in thirds. So around the around the time I'm getting toward the end of the first act, I I start expanding the chapters in the second act and getting just a little more detail, and not even every single one, just two or three here and there to guide me, and then I'll pants, you know, like three or four chapters within that scene. Um, right. Because I, I know where it, I kind of know where it's going. Um, as far as keeping it all together, it's it would sound like I'd need to be really organized. I'm actually not uh, not very organized at all. But and I should have a Bible for all of the characters and every. I know that my editor in Las Vegas has I, he's been compiling a Bible behind oh, wow. the scenes for me, but I've never seen it. Uh, he told me he was doing it, but uh, it's it can get a little confusing at times, but uh, not it's not too hard on that end. The the and as far as as far as the doing all those different series 
when to release them and, and all that. Um, so a few years ago, I was trying to release a new Sean Wyatt book about every 90 days. And that's great yeah. for a while. And truthfully, if I still did that, I would probably make more money because they're my yeah. best selling series. That's what the readers are here for. They do like the other stuff, but it's that's why they're here. <clears throat> but right. I don't want to burn them out on it. I don't want to burn myself out on it. So I've cut back to about two Sean Wyatt books a year. I thought about three this year. We'll see how that goes. But I'm for sure doing two this year. And then I'm trying to expand my platform, right? My content platform. That's why. So I, I tried to dig deep first and then and then get a wide base. Hold on one second. Hey, Arden. Can you... <laughs> okay, just don't let just don't don't upset the cat. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know, honey. Oh, she's getting in a giant <laughs> basket. Oh, I see. Yeah. Hey, buddy, I'll be done in 20 minutes. Okay. I think so. Um, it's a see, that's part of the that's part of the whole gig, by the way, is you, oh, yeah. you write all this stuff we do, you do around life. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know, my wife's at work right now and it's been a challenge during yeah. COVID because uh, I couldn't have my mom over to, for childcare. So it, it's been working weird hours. Production's been down some, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, but the idea is, again, it comes back to the giving. I want to make sure that I'm giving fun, interesting content to my readers that won't burn them out on one particular thing. So, and, and I'm yeah. trying to give something for everybody. Uh, if certain people really like a female lead character and some people don't, and some people, you know, want to, you know, there are younger readers that want to be able to identify with people their age, right? Um, one of the biggest reasons for the Adventure Guild series was I used to work in a school system and my school system was the last, the last high school I worked in was 65% Hispanic kids. And yeah there weren't any cool books like this for them to relate to. And same with the black community. There's not enough, you know, books with those kinds of kids. And so there's tons of books for white kids. So I wanted to bring in something that sort of, that brought all three into the mix. Right. And so there's a, there's a black kid, a white kid and a kid with a Mexican heritage, Mexican heritage in the adventure guild. And they're all friends and they all have these strengths. And, and I specifically designed the female character to be brilliant with math and science because we all know that we need more women in math and science. And so um, I want to encourage I want to encourage that, even if it's maybe that's in your face or maybe it's subtle. I don't know. But to a, to a kid, I think it's subtle to an adult. You're like, I see what he did there. But but for for kids, I want I want girls to be able to say, oh, OK, I can I can do that. Yeah. That that girl's cool. Ooh, she's tough and she's really good with you know chemistry and physics and all this stuff. And so um, but that's why I wanted to give a wide base. Uh, and, and also you, you need when you're thinking about um when you think about like your universe, right? Most people just think about their book or their characters, but, but you right. need to think about it as a universe. I know we're running up close to the question time, so I'm trying to keep an eye on that. But 
Um, and, <laughs> I'm watching. Don't you worry. <laughs> but the, I'll get the ruler on the back of the hand. Um, but think I, I love what the Avengers did. I absolutely love what Marvel did with the Avengers and and Disney and all them and how they created so many. They, they took all those characters from the comics and it, it was already there and they made all these great movies about them and TV shows about them. And then they all brought them in together, right? And they're all mm -hmm. kind of wandering and wandering aimlessly through the same universe. And then the people love it when characters cross over. They absolutely right. love that. So I'm being very intentional with all of these series that take place in the Sean Wyatt universe. So book 20, I've already told my readers this, book 20 brings in everyone against right. one mega villain. And uh, even the kids are involved from the Adventure Guild because they're in that universe. And so... Oh, okay. Yeah, so, and, and when Sean Wyatt dies in story 20, somebody's got to take up the... Oh, no. Oh, no. Spoilers. But yeah, so that's anyway, that's why I've got so many different different things there. Yeah. And, and it's fun that way. It keeps them from burning out and me from burning out. And, yeah. And it gives me well, I think you're doing a good job. And it gives me permission to release six to eight products a year that way. Right. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You and I talk quite a bit about this kind of thing. I, I uh, am totally stealing all your ideas. Um for this and and more uh you've got it down um so let's um we're at the time that i told everybody that i promised everybody that they could uh have their questions answered live we do have some questions let me roll back a little here uh so the first question coming in from youtube uh so please share your thoughts on the ways an author can reach his target readers in his genre mm. That's a very good question. Uh, did I answer all of your questions, Kevin? Or do you have more? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I always have more, but you answered you can... thirty minutes worth of questions. That's all I. That's all I obligated you I'm to. Well, I'm always happy to come <laughs> back on. So, um, great question and thoughts on the ways an author can reach his target readers in his genre. Well, that's the that's the 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 big question, right? Like, how do you get more eyeballs right. to your to your your books so a lot of people default to advertising right because right. Uh, we all know that facebook you can really drill down into the facebook advertising platform and discover your readership right like and they're they're happily they're sharing information every day on their posts about yeah. what book they're reading or movie they're watching or all that stuff or you, hey, you got to check this. It's word of mouth delivered to an advertising platform that you can use to leverage and find eyeballs for your books. I do it, you right. do it. Everybody should at least be doing some level of that. But a lot of people stop there. And I don't think that you should stop there. I think that there's there are other, other places you can go. It's time consuming, but you need yeah. to get in on the conversation you Facebook is a great place to find groups of like-minded individuals. So if you love science fiction and you write science fiction, you should be in some, but some other author's science fiction fan group, right? And not for the purpose of promoting your own stuff, but to engage in the conversation and to learn from them, 
to become friends with them. And that's what I tell readers, you know, it's, it's not on like a, you know, misery level with, uh, you know, what's her face from Kathy Bates or whatever from that movie. Yeah, Yeah. But it's, but you should become somewhat of a friend to them. And I, I'm happy to call many of my readers friends because they are. They, we, yeah. well, I'll, I'll text one guy. I've never met him in person, but I'll text him whenever the Oakland Raiders are playing. Well, now Las Vegas Raiders. And I know he's watching and I'm watching. I'm a Falcons fan, but I know he's watching and I'm yeah. like, I love football and I'll text right. with him. Um, and, and so getting into groups like that is a great place to find them, to find your target readers, to engage with them, to learn what they like and don't like. Not necessarily to throw up links all over the place because you'll get kicked out of a group for that. Right. But it's right. a great it's a great networking opportunity just to be a cool person. <laughs> and yeah, I, I think that that's something that is overlooked. Oops, sorry, quite a bit. Um, also, putting out content in various platforms is is important. I think every little piece of content that you put out there, whether one person views it or a hundred people view it, is a window right. into your world, whether it's a book or a little Facebook live video or whatever or YouTube video. All those algorithms compile those things over time, and they create windows yeah. into your universe. Um, I'm giving broad <laughs> answers here, but I, I hope it's helpful to the to VJ mm. if if I said his name correctly. I'm sure it is <laughs> helpful to me. Uh, I got a comment here. Just a little kudos to you, man. Uh, I love your giving spirit. That's from Donna. Thanks, Donna. I appreciate uh, that. And you are a giving person. Like you do a lot. You've even got a whole button on your uh, homepage. It's all about your. Uh, you have your charities that you promote. Yeah, Which, you know. By the way, if you haven't, uh, yeah, go to ErnestDimsey.net is where you can find Ernie's uh, website. Yeah, I'm, I love uh, my favorite charities, Toys for Tots, because I I appreciate uh, I appreciate the military first of all because I. Um, what they do is courageous, right? And I know people say thank you for your service, but for me, it's like I would be terrified, like if I was <clears throat> deployed into combat, and and I don't right. know, I don't know how to do it. And they just march right in, and so I appreciate that. And then I appreciate that we give food and and sustenance and vaccines and medicine and whatever to people all over the world. But there is nothing, I, I believe there's nothing more important than giving a child a childhood because yeah. that is the foundation for what they become later on in life, whether they become the president or a criminal, or sometimes that's both. But like whether they, you know, become some sort of, so whether they become a, a leader for a company or a teacher or whatever they become, a lot of that is built in their childhood and toys give yeah. children a childhood. And so I love toys for tots every single month, the portion of the proceeds from my royalties. Go to them. That's not like a pat on the back from it. That's me pushing that charity because I think it's extremely important. So, yeah. And then there's other ones. I agree. Too. There's uh, other, ones too. I give to Adra and some others, but, but that one's my favorite one. We have another uh, question here. Let's see. Pop that up. Uh, what should an author do to build a lasting relationship with readers globally? Huh. That's a massive question, Jeremiah. That's uh, a big question. <laughs> lasting it's a relationship. global-sized question. 
Hmm. My goodness. I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, well, okay. I, I have readers all over the planet and I have them as far as far away as New Zealand and Australia. In fact, one of them asked me why I don't write in metric because um, most of the world is on the metric system. And I was like, well, most of my readers are in the States and we're still clinging to the imperial system, even though we left the empire. Um, so yeah. I would, tr I would say on just a very zoomed out uh, answer to this question, because it's a, a huge question. The, the best thing that you can do is to learn about the cultures all around the world. Learn like my, one of my, my second editor, Anne is in Australia and I'm learning every day. In fact, I learned something last night on an email from her on an edit that she made. It's a cultural thing in Australia. Um, I, a, a thong in the United States is called a six string in Australia. Well, a six string in the United States is a guitar. So learning yeah. little quirky things like that helps endear you to, to the fans all over the world. It expands your knowledge base, expands your cultural wisdom, so to speak, and it will help you relate to people better. So I have, I have a pretty decent following in India and uh, I, I love Indian food and Indian culture is fascinating to me. I don't know enough about it, but some of my, biggest fans are in India. And so I, um, it's important for me to understand Indian culture. And so learning more about the cultures around the globe, I think will help you build lasting relationships with individuals within those cultures, whether it's the UK, Australia, Japan, wherever, France, all that. So what should an author do? To, I, I want to expand on that while I'm just sitting here waiting for Kevin to come back because you just staring at me wouldn't be a fun thing. Um, but I'm trying to think of, of some examples too of, of things that people have said. One interesting thing uh, was uh, my book, The Napoleon Affair deals with a lot of um, the Catholic hierarchy, not a lot of it, but some of it. And there are little nuances that you need to understand uh, about those things. Like, um, so uh, a, a member of the Swiss Guard would call a Catholic cardinal, your eminence, right? And I was just having a discussion with a reader about this today. And, but they would call a bishop, uh, your excellency. Those little things are important and they will be important to a Catholic reader of your books. And there are millions of Catholics all over the world. So understanding those little cultural things, and that's just one tiny example, but maybe that helps you, Jeremiah. Uh, to a little better understand what I was talking about. And there's Kevin. He's back with his gnome. Did I, did I get back? Okay. Uh, yeah, back. Sorry. I apologize. I know you can, you're a pro and I really appreciate it. I'm lucky that you're the guy that's on right now, actually. Uh, so <laughs> here's a question from YouTube. Uh, can you explain outlining by thirds? Do you, uh, do you not know the ending when you outline that way? Half pants? <laughs> Half pants. Wouldn't that be shorts? Um, I don't, I, I'm not going to say it would be shorts cause then it gets confusing. I'm going to switch to my shorts here <laughs> in a minute. So I, yeah, I can explain that. It's it's pretty simple. So I do know the ending. Usually that's one of the first things I write down. Uh, and, and that's one of those one or two line things where I write it 
what happens at the end. That is very fluid. Usually I will change how it ends, like the book, the second sign that's coming out in four weeks. I, I knew how it, I knew what happened sort of to the, the, the characters at the end, but I, I hadn't fully decided on how it happened. So do they, you know, um, die in a fire? Do they get shot? Do they fall out of an airplane? I hadn't decided on those things, but I, I write down like sort of a general idea of how, you know, how something happens to the heroes and the villains. So, uh, Outlining in thirds, I wish I could screen share. I actually can, but I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can hit that button if it'll work or not. So um, how I do it is I go into, I use Scrivener to write, but you could use Evernote if you want to you know, contain your outline. I do a little bit of brainstorming in Evernote. And what I do is in, in Scrivener, you can, it's backwards on the screen, in Scrivener, you have a little column on the side where you have folders and chapters within those folders. And so what I do is I've got chapter one, two, three, four, let's go, let's say it's a 30 chapter book. And the first 10 chapters, I will click on that number one, that first chapter, it'll expand and there's a little thing down in the, let's see, bottom right corner, little box that pops up and I will make notes about what happens in that chapter, just a cup, like a sentence or two. It's almost like story beats. Then I'll go to the second chapter, do the same thing, third, fourth, so on. Now, usually what ends up happening is that's not enough because I'll write a two and a half thousand word chapter and leave a cliffhanger there for another chapter and then I'll fill that in. But it doesn't matter. I don't have to outline every chapter. I Just so long as I have that roadmap for the first 10 chapters or the next 10 chapters of where I'm going, right? So when you're driving a car, right, you know your destination, which to answer your question, Alyssa, is, is you, you know where you're going. The ending is there, but um, you're not staring at the dot, the blinking dot on your GPS. If you're driving from Atlanta to Seattle, you're not staring at Seattle. You're looking at the next 200 miles of your trip and you're counting down, you know, between here and Nashville and Nashville to St. Louis and all that. So um, that's kind of what I mean. Does that make sense? I hope that that makes sense to you. It makes sense to me. I'm happy to like take screenshots of some things <laughs> that I'm working on. I don't think we need to get uh, that elaborate. No, because some of these projects are top secret and not in our genre. So, yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Erotica then. No. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, well, uh, uh, let's see. Let me pop back over. Make sure I'm not missing any uh, important questions. Here's one uh, I think is actually interesting. Uh, but Donna asks, uh, "Do you spend much time reading?" So I I try to read a little bit every day, and it's um, some usually it's uh, fiction, <clears throat> but sometimes it's nonfiction. Uh, just because yeah. I enjoy, I like to learn about astronomy and quantum mechanics and things like that, and and history and stuff. I, I've got a National Geographic magazine sitting right here with archaeology issue. And um, so I like that stuff, but I read very slow. So I get through one or two books a year at most reading, reading. Now, when I'm doing audio books, I can, you know, I can listen to two or three more books a year. But since I work at home, I don't have a commute. So I don't 
have a lot of time. Usually that's when I'm at the grocery store or something like that. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I do read some, but it's really only about 15 to 20 minutes a day, probably at most, just because I'm constantly juggling and trying to work and all that stuff. So, but I do, yes, yeah. I do try. I read as much as I can. Sometimes I'll read longer, mm -hmm. like an hour or so. If it's a great, like Kevin Tomlinson book, I just right. can't put it down. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm the same way. <laughs> when you're reading a Kevin Tomlinson book? When I'm, uh, I'm just engrossed uh, in my Kevin Tomlinson books. Uh, can't wait to get the next one. The guy needs to write faster, though. Um, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> you and I are on par, I think, writing speed wise. I don't. I think you're just pulling everybody's leg. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're at the end. Uh, this was a rough one. I have, I have to apologize to you, Ernie, and to the never. You the never audience. apologize to me. Do we get everybody's questions that we needed to? Uh, yeah, I think we got everybody's uh, everybody's questions right now. So I think we're good. Um, and of course, people uh, who uh, have further questions, you can feel free to drop them in the comments here or on YouTube. I actually switched internets, internet services uh, there at the end. I wish I'd done it a lot sooner. Seems like this one's more stable. Um, so uh, that said, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you go pop on over to ErnestDempsey.net. Did I spell your name right, Ernest? Yep, there's no A in there's her. No A. In my there's no A. Okay. Can I, can I uh, share a funny, quick little moment? My Real dad, quick, my whole life, my dad spelled it this way because his dad spelled it this way. And it's on my birth certificate this way. He looked at his birth certificate last year and realized there's an A in his. <laughs> He's 78. So is he going to start using it? No. <laughs> That's but, but And by the way, if, if any of you have any questions... Um, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Ernest Dempsey and message me there. And I'm way faster responding on Facebook than I am um, via email because then I can just pick up my phone. And, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same so, way. And Speaking I'm of Facebook, uh, you can go subscribe to his Facebook channel. Please do. And his YouTube channel, which is what? YouTube.com slash Ernest I don't Dempsey. know. Their links are all weird. Sometimes you get the custom one and sometimes you don't. It's Yeah. We'll just, figure it out. Uh, but look, type and search Ernest Dempsey. Uh, but you can just you can definitely subscribe to us at youtube.com slash draft digital and facebook.com slash draft digital. Make sure you're subscribing, liking, hitting little bells uh, to get notifications, all the rules uh, that apply. And be sure that you bookmark d2dlive.com because you'll get countdowns to more episodes like this one. If you're listening to the podcast, that's where you can start finding these things live on YouTube and Facebook. So pop on over there. Ernest Dempsey, sir, uh, you're a trooper, man. Uh, you, not only did you come in and save us at the last minute, you you endured through the gauntlet of, of bad internet. Oh, Two thumbs fun. up. It's all, all good. Right. I had a blast. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do a cleaner, better one uh, down the road. Uh, get you back on. You better. This is ridiculous. I <laughs> I cannot believe you. <laughs> do you, you know who I am? Here. Do you have any idea who I am? <laughs> you know who you're talking yes. to. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for uh, your patience as well. And uh, make sure you tune in to the next DDD Spotlight. It's going to be happening uh, tomorrow at noon. And uh, if you're listening, of course, it may not be happening tomorrow at noon for you. But go check them out anyway. And we will see you all next time. Take care.
That's it for this week's Self-Publishing Insiders with Draft to Digital. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and share the show with your will-be author friends. And start, build, and grow your own self-publishing career right now at draft2digital.com.